This is the Your Dollars Making Sense podcast, brought to you by Jamie Blanton with Jacob Title, Bales Property Management and Home Building, SHH Mechanical, Boyle's Tax Service, 412 Pub House, Anytime Fitness, and Cotton Home Inspections. Hey everybody, Richard Neese here. Welcome to Your Dollars Making Sense. I'm your host, Richard Neese, local real estate broker here in North Alabama. And if you're not familiar with the show, if this is the first time you're tuning in, first off, I want to tell you thank you for tuning in. Uh, Your Dollars Making Sense is all about you. It's all about helping build your financial intelligence. The whole theme of the show is financial freedom. Uh, The key to financial freedom is financial intelligence. So we put together different uh, real estate strategies, different investing strategies, whether it's the stock market, bonds. We're going to talk to Mr. Jeff Taylor, our guest today, talking about timber. We've got so many different avenues for investing. Uh, You've got to decide which, which is the best route. Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. Now, Jeff, you've been a timber broker uh, for how long? Since I moved in this area, 1982. Okay. So tell me uh, what a timber broker does in general. Folks generally will call me asking for some assistance with timber management if they have a crop of timber or some trees on their property that they would like to get a valuation for. I'll walk out there and give them an idea what they could get for it uh, on for their portion of the proceeds after the logging contractors portion is taken out and uh, taxes are taken sure. out and they get the what's called stumpage. I got you. So, so the importance of buying timber, uh, one way would be to cruise it and make a lump sum offer. Kind of like making an offer on a house. Yes, sir. Or you go out there and get an idea of what the timber is worth delivered and then you offer to buy it on a unit basis where you pay by the load for the different products that are out there. That makes perfect sense. The reason I wanted you to come on, Jeff, is because, um, you know, not all investments are the same. Not all investments look like the Wall Street bell uh, and numbers blipping around and people uh, speculating. Uh, But you could say speculation could have something to do like you were talking about in buying timber. There's lots to do. Uh, There's so many different avenues and you don't have to be in one of these main hubs to be an investor. You don't have to be a banker to be an investor. There's so many different ways. Jeff, I know you have your hand in several different areas as far as uh, real estate investing, as far as timber goes. Uh, Give us a little bit of background about you and and your investing as a whole, if that's okay. Absolutely. I have... uh... I got my degree way back in 1976 uh, in forestry from my proud alma mater, Mississippi State. Unroll the tide. Well, I'm not going to hold that against you, but that's a great school, especially for that field. But uh, we, uh, I've been in the timber business, as I said, since 82, assisting landowners. I will buy some property occasionally that has a crop of timber on it. Uh, and then I will cut the timber and then uh, market it and then sell the property uh, either after the trees have been replanted or uh, it's been converted to pasture. Uh, I also have uh, uh, rental properties and then real estate license and just I'm there for the clients and for the people at large. And one thing that I like about you, and if you guys don't know Jeff and I, I've known Jeff for a long time. Uh, Mr. Taylor, as I say respectfully, I went to school with his son uh, at St. Bernard. And uh, what I've seen him do is kind of value add all the way around for his customers. 
And that's what I try and do in the real estate business as well. Jeff has uh, storage units. He has rental properties. He, has, uh, he does the, the, the timber brokering. He sells the real estate. All of this is a value add when you start looking at it. Somebody can talk to him about um, buying a home. Uh, they can move. Then they can clear their property. Uh, they can put all their storage stuff in his storage buildings. I mean, it just it wraps all the way around to where he can provide these things for them. And that's, that's one of the investment strategies that I try and use on a daily basis and even the long term. That's what I'm looking at. How'd you come up with that strategy, Jeff, to kind of just uh, add, on, add on in different areas? I just uh, kept my eyes open and looked for opportunities. Well, that's... That, Man, a few words as far as that goes. Thank you, Jeff. So we're going to talk a little bit about how somebody would get into the the timber business, uh, some different avenues, whether he wants to buy a log truck and invest that way, or whether he wants to cruise timber, drive around and look at different lots and what to look for. Uh, if, if I was, uh, let's say I'm an 18-year-old man and I want, to, I want to study under Jeff Taylor in the timber business, what do I need to do first? Well, I take you under my wing. Uh, we would... What I did when I first moved here, being new to the area, is I had a county roadmap, and I... What's a map? Now, now most folks don't know what a map is. Now, some of them that are listening might, uh, but it's important to have those because a lot of these uh, these back roads and these uh, logger trails, they're not going to be on the GPS. Uh, Richard, when I moved back here back in 1982, probably before <laughs> you were born... It, it, yes, sir, it is. That there is no such thing as GPS. That's right. So I just followed the maps and I would know where a tract of timber was. I would uh, research who owned it at the courthouse and then uh, make an appointment to go visit with the people to see if they were interested, if they had any idea what the timber was worth and if they uh, had any plans for it, whether or not they were going to convert it to pasture or if it needed thinning to maintain the health of the stand. I offered my services to be there to help there. And there's so many different benefits. And you talked about four or five different strategies right there. I mean, when you're going through that, let's say we've got a, a an older widow woman that uh, doesn't really know what she's sitting on. How do you, how does that conversation go? I just uh, ask them if she has any idea what her property is worth. Uh, are her financial needs being met? Uh, are her children's needs being met? Uh, are her grandkids' needs being met? And I just will offer to take a walk out in the woods and let her know if she were to totally market, just cut the, all the timber, just let them know what it's worth. And then for the good of the property, I suggest for her to maintain the health of the stand, right. at least, uh, you know, cutting the poor trees out or just doing a thinning to ensure that the value down the road is going to be there. And I'm sure that, um, you know, being of, of your experience level, uh, that you've dealt with customers on, on several different occasions where they may clear cut and then go in and plan again and clear cut again. What kind of time cycle do you see on that, especially around here? A normal rotation. When I first moved here, there was a lot of older tracks of timber that were at least 50 years old. Uh, I've seen in my time, those tracks by and large are gone. Yes, sir. And now I'm looking at I'm thinning tracks that I had planted uh, 30 and 40 years ago, and we're looking at, depending on the landowner's needs, either clear-cutting the remaining stands or just using what's called a seed tree cut. We're using the superior trees to cast seed to help the next crop of timber come along. We cut out those seed trees, and then the folks have a brand-new stand of timber without any investment at all. 
Plus, they have the stumpage in their pocket. Oh, wow. I very, very, very rarely, and I discourage folks from clear-cutting because there's been a lot of that done in the past. It's not good for the land. It might erode. The taxes that you pay are going to be higher than what the land is worth because cut-over timber land isn't worth a whole lot unless you're close to the city of Coleman. Sure. And then a developer will look at putting right. houses or factory or something like that on it. But by and large, out in the county, uh, if people are clear-cutting, they're going to turn it over into maybe pasture. Okay. Well, that, that gives me a good feel for how that works. And I know it's a, a process, whether it's with pines or hardwoods or whatever the case might be, you're going to evaluate for each one. Uh, Jeff, we're coming up against a break. I uh, hope you'll hang around. I think you've got some stats for us as far as um, the timberland in Alabama and, and the age age of owners and things like that that you're going to share with us. I'd be happy to do it. All right. Thanks, sir. This is the Your Dollars Making Sense podcast brought to you by Jamie Blanton with Jacob Title. Bales Property Management and Home Building, SHH Mechanical, Boyle's Tax Service, 412 Pub House, Anytime Fitness, and Cotton Home Inspections. Hey everybody, Richard Neese here. Welcome back to Your Dollars Making Sense. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We've got a special guest today, Mr. Jeff Taylor. Timber broker, real estate agent, uh, storage building owner, rental property owner, investor galore. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. We appreciate it. Good to see you again, Richard. I appreciate you coming on so much because you're giving us information about a different type of investment. You hear all the time about how to invest in uh, rental properties, how to invest in the stock market, bonds, uh, wholesaling, whatever the case might be. You don't hear a lot of folks talking about investing in timber, but there's a lot of wealthy folks out there that have picked great, great tracks um, farmed them out, done all this stuff with the, the management side. So if you want to tell us a little bit about what you do one more time in case folks weren't listening last time. Well, I'm a timber broker, and when folks call me because they're interested in getting a value of the timber on their property, I'll go out and, and do an, a short appraisal to let them know what they what is out there and what it would be worth. And there's a couple of different ways, like I said, said before of purchasing timber either lump sum or by the unit and i can offer both of those strategies to them depending on what their needs are so tell us i know that you you just went to a a ce course that kind of updated you on what's going on in the south or in alabama or how how do do they work that we start out with the coleman county area and then expand that to the whole state okay and then look at what's going on nationally you want to tell us a little bit about the findings jeff about the findings? Yeah, what, what they're talking about as far as um, forestry? Uh, in the state of Alabama, roughly 67% of the land is in timberland. Uh, a lot of people say, well, the federal government owns a lot of it. Well, the federal government owns less than 10% oh, wow. of the timberland. Well, what about big companies? Well, big companies divested their holdings years ago to, and they sold them to either insurance companies or are REITs, which is in Real Estate Investment Trust. Those are folks who can handle a long-term investment. Uh, timberland in the past has appreciated, actually the crop of timber on the timberland has appreciated 8% per year. Yeah, it's a pretty good return. Now, but what, what kind of cash out time frame are we talking about for, in most cases? Looking at 
a decent turnover of timber if you're looking at the whole range of, of crops, whether it is, let's, let's deal with pine right now, pulpwood, chip and saw, which is large pulpwood that the, a mill can get two by fours out of, and then saw logs and maybe some peeler logs. The problem with all of that is there's enough superabundance of pine available on the market. Sure. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, the federal government in their wisdom instituted a program which seemed to be pretty good at the time. It's called Forestry Incentives Program. It took marginal cropland that was erodible as well as poor fertility and paid people to plant their pastures and cropland in timber. And they not only paid to get that done, but also paid them anywhere from 40 to $50 per acre per year. And that more than covered their property taxes. Sure. Uh, down the road, they started thinning and there was a little bit of income there. And then at the end of the rotation, which would be anywhere from 20 to 50 years, depending on the landowner's needs, uh, they would have that return. So, so overall, I mean, you, you kind of spoke, is that, you think that was a good program overall? Well, and, and that's it's a great program. Number one, it preserved land. And it put immediate dollars in uh, farmers' pockets or landowners' pockets. Uh, right now, because everybody did it, there's a super abundance of pine out there. Right. When a large mill in Cortland, Alabama closed about 15 years ago, international paper, there was no place to sell your wood. I see. So there was a lot of timber just sitting on the ground, growing, growing, growing. Right. Nothing being done because there's no. There's nothing regional. Loggers right. went out of business. Timber buyers went out of business because the existing mills did not have the carrying capacity to pull all those products in. In other words, the uh, timber resource without growing the the mills. Interesting. Uh, mills capacity to process. That's interesting. So, so as a whole, um, you think the program was good. It definitely helped out as the, whole, the farmers. Yes. yes. Uh, but there, there's a cycle. I mean, just like in real estate, with anything else, you're going to have a supply increase. The, the supply, the demand is going to go down because you're not you're going to have so much of it. Uh, do you think that cycle will turn around again in the next twenty years? I've spoken with several people that I've helped manage timberland for, and I've told them if they have anything that's any size, especially saw logs just to keep an eye on it, make sure beetles don't get into it, make sure, you know, and you pray to God that a tornado doesn't go That's through right. it, but let it grow. Manage it properly by running a prescribed burn through there uh, and hunt over it if you want, but just let it grow because prices that are being paid on the stump for logs are exactly what I paid for pulpwood back in the early aughts. Oh, wow. And what I'm getting paid for pulpwood now is what I was paying for saw logs and paying for some tracks of pulpwood back in that day. Interesting. How soon is that going to turn around? Maybe not in my lifetime. I see. Maybe yours, Richard. So, so tell me, Jeff, um, we're talking about the investing side. Let's say I want to be a hands-off investor. I've got a nest egg from a retirement. I've got, you know, maybe I inherited some money, half a million dollars, a million dollars, something like that. How do I make... Um, forestry or what's the process of making money off of forestry if I've just got money right now look at am I uh, calling you first is that the absolutely or any uh, timber buyer timber broker sawmill they've got people or personnel that could help you 
but I've had my hand in it for a little while. You look at the capability, what's out there right now. Uh, it, Like I said, if it's large timber, just keep nurturing it. And then let it grow. If it's young timber, let it grow. Manage it properly, thin it properly, run a fire through there if it's pine. If it's hardwood, I discourage that. But go ahead and just let it grow. It's a long-term process. You can be an absentee landowner. In other words, it's not like having cows on a pasture you gotta check every day. You can go out there, check uh, your property. You can hire a consultant forester or a timber buyer to take a look at it. Make sure there's uh, been no trespass and people stealing timber and no dumping on the property and nobody hunting over the property. Just It's just more or less a nasty landowner's dream. That timber is growing, like I said, 8% per year and you're just getting more and more value every year it goes by. So when you're talking, I mean, I'm seeing the trees growing first off at 8%. But I'm also seeing tons of avenues for uh, income a as you're letting it grow. You said make sure that folks aren't hunting over it. Is that something that would be a negative overall um, if, if you're just letting the, the trees grow? That's actually a positive because uh, some of these hunting clubs that own, that have the rights to hunt over some of the larger tracts in this county will pay pretty good money in order to do that. They maintain your roads. They will maintain green fields and they will maintain any hunting houses that they have a right to put out sure. there. They're keeping an eye on it for you. And, and I'm sure there's some sort of liability that you have to cover on that too. But uh, So tell me about uh, what would a cost be uh, for you to, to manage, let's say, a thousand acres if an investor had that. What, what, what kind of cost is that for you to take care of that with an absentee owner? With an absentee owner, it, it depends on the consultant. Uh, there are several in Birmingham and Huntsville. There's also timber brokers and timber buyers in this area. I guess that, I was confused. Is that something that you do personally, or are you not? Uh, you don't do that for, portion of it for certain okay, people. I, do. I got you. For example, St. Bernard Abbey. Yes, I sir. Just keep an eye on their uh, woods for them and uh, make recommendations uh, for them to go ahead and ensure the health of their timberland. Other private owners, I do that for. Too. Okay. So, so how and would um, it doesn't really cost anything? I don't charge for it because uh, I just ask that I be given some consideration when they do have a timber sale. I see, and that, that's a way to kind of keep that tied in that you've been taking care of it for that long. But how would how would they get a hold of you, Jeff, with your timber company? Uh, I'm in been in the community shoppers guide for about uh, 25 years as Evergreen Forestry. Okay, and then what areas do you cover? I mean, is it a North Alabama, or are you Coleman County, or what, what are you trying to Just do? Just follow the the route of 2059 and North. Okay, all right. The, well, the state lines. That sounds pretty good. Uh, so what? where can I find resources about this if I'm interested uh, in, in stepping into your shoes as an 18, 19, 20-year-old? You talked about uh, going to the courthouse, which now in most counties you can get on the tax map or the tax assessor's website and look up information. Uh, but if I'm trying to figure this out, and I know that you can go the university route, but let's say that I don't have a college degree. I'm not from, I didn't go to Mississippi State, I didn't go to Auburn, I didn't go to anywhere like that, but I want to learn this business. Most, uh, there are many community colleges in this state that will teach you the nuts and bolts of determining the value of timber. Or you can call many of the local timber buyers around here. There's uh, the Alabama's Loggers Council. There is uh, the uh, Coleman County Forestry Planning Committee that meets at the National Resources and Conservation Service Office uh, over by Rumors Deli. 
and uh, they meet once a week, I'm sorry, once a month, and they would be able to provide you with answers to talking to maybe taking uh, somebody under their wing and learn helping them learn what the business is all about. So on this show, a lot of times we talk about uh, investing money, how to make more money, but obviously there's other types of investments as well, uh, whether that's investing in your children's education, your personal growth. Um, we also want to invest in, in our community, in, in the land, in, in our, our um, I, I'm struggling here to find the right words, but we want to make sure that uh, the wilderness is taken care of, the, the forestry, the, the cycle is taken care of. We're not clear cutting, we're not strip mining, we're not doing that kind of stuff. What do you guys do to protect uh, the, the cycle? There's uh, any of the loggers, for example, and timber buyers that work with local mills, especially national mills like Louisiana Pacific and Hansville. You have to have a certification that you've taken uh, continuing education classes to maintain your knowledge in best management practices for forestry. Make sure you're building roads correctly. Make sure you're harvesting correctly. Make sure you're replanting correctly in order to sustain the land. Because if we sabotage one part of that process, we're just going to deteriorate the natural resource. Makes perfect sense. So Jeff, I know we had several things that went through, and I've kind of bounced around like I normally do, like a squirrel that's been drinking Red Bull. But uh, is there anything that I missed out on that you want to discuss with folks about the timber industry, about uh, the process as a whole, uh, whether that's you being a real estate agent and working with folks on the timber and, and all the way down the line? Make sure that whoever you deal with in the timber business is either a registered forester or a certified logging manager, and that they uh, are dealing with uh, mills that expect them to live up to a certain standard uh, of professionalism. Uh, sustainable fiber sourcing is one thing. Uh, all of your national mills, such as Louisiana Pacific, expect that of their loggers and their timber buyers. And all of the timber companies I know that are in existence, in Coleman at the very least, take part in that. With the industry, I mean, it's obviously changed over the 30-something years that you've been in it. Uh, would you recommend folks to get in this business as much as you as you did? It is, uh, that's a very, very good way to start because you learn the value of land, you learn the value of long-term investments. And then in order for me to survive when the timber market was down, I diversified. That's, that's right. why I got my real estate license. Which makes perfect sense. I mean, diverse, diversification is key. You've got to have all these different assets coming in, uh, different streams of income. And I know that uh, you've got a rather large family like I do as well. So you've got to make sure uh, the kids are fed. So sometimes you got to do things a little bit differently. You've got to do the value add like we've talked about. You've got to take advantage of opportunities, even if they're 10 to 20 years out. And some people can't see that. All they can see is a couple months out. Uh, so Jeff, I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to leave with the folks? Make sure you give your contact information too. You can reach me at uh, 256-708-0044, and I also work at Weikert Realtors, the space place in Coleman. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on, and thank you guys for listening to Your Dollars Making Sense, where we believe that financial intelligence is the key to your financial freedom.